I'm Lana. I'm Mercedes. And we are the Onion Peelers. We're also the proud founders of the Breathing Space in Amsterdam. Uh, we're a growing community of Ashtanga Vinyasa practitioners. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more uh, about us and what we do, you can check us out at www.thebreathingspace.nl. And if you are also in quarantine and lockdown, um, you're welcome to join us online. We offer daily practices in the mornings via Zoom. So you can find out all that information on our website as well. All right, let's get on to today. So Mercedes and I, being the founders of The Breathing Space, The Breathing Space is a yoga studio. Uh, we teach, we are teachers of yoga, we teach yoga, uh, and we've been doing it for a while now, so we thought it would be interesting to have a little chat today about kind of the first years of teaching and what that's like, and then we also have some tips that could perhaps help you in your journey of becoming a teacher or being a teacher or maybe have some helpful advice and whether you're in the first years of teaching or even later on in teaching I don't know maybe we have yeah even if you've already been teaching for a couple of years yeah uh, or even a little more I'm sure there will be some interesting stuff for you as well yeah but before we begin yes I do have a very important question for you. Mercedes, I want you to ask me this question with all of the, all of the passion in your heart. Okay, you let me channel it. But Lana, are you ready to peel this onion? Mercedes, I was born peeling this onion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it how we laugh at our own jokes. <laughs> Great. So yeah, the first years of teaching. Oh. There's a curled up cat near us. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. These cats is has reached uh, moksha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, liberation in life, amazing. Okay, so where to begin? Well, I don't know. I think maybe. Do you remember? Oh, wait, what were you going to say? No, I was just about to say before we say whatever. Maybe it's worth saying that, of course, our experience might be a little bit different than what is happening on today because we kind of started teaching just before all this crazy yoga boom pop culture mm-hmm. um like i know when i first started teaching there were so many less yoga studios uh so the whole teaching situation i think was a little bit different and i started teaching in washington dc and it was but that was also a long time ago. I yeah. mean, especially yeah. the place that you taught at, it was one of the first bigger... Studios. Yeah. Yeah. So... No, that's true. Yeah. I think in that sense, we were a little lucky. Yeah. Uh, I think now it has changed a little bit, but hey, the experiences that we had, of course, uh, are just as valuable. Yeah. And certain things, it doesn't matter if, you know, if the industry is small or big, there's still the same issues yeah. coming up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask you, do you remember what it, your first year was like teaching or your first years? Or do you even remember your first class or your first like months of teaching? Oh my God. I wrote all these notes. I remember everything. And you're so traumatized by it very traumatized I mean no not traumatized I but um how to begin okay I think that it takes years to get over this like uh, beginning stage of teaching personally I think if anything under five six years you're still a very new teacher. But I think also we're talking about five, six years of being a full-time teacher. That was my next thing. And full-time. So if you're teaching one class a week, then 
yeah. pal, you're looking for the 10-year road. Like, I think this is, like, at least at full-time. I mean, I think at least 10 classes a week. Yeah, which sadly is kind of like moving... Well, it's not full-time, but it's moving towards full-time yeah. because, um, yeah, it's not just the time that you're teaching the class. You know, there's a bunch of time around it, getting to the place and preparing and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, yeah 10 classes is quite a big chunk of your life weekly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I think about, like, my teacher training <laughs> and when I came out of it, like, I was totally clueless. Yeah. Like, it gave me... It, I mean, it did give me, like, a nice little foundation to kind of know what not to say and what not to do. Yeah. But other than that, it was, like, yeah. I was really, 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 really a baby. I think a lot of the things that I studied during the teacher training kind of uh, landed or I digested them way later. Yeah. Uh, also because I did take a teacher training that was uh, an intensive. So I kind of had to like swallow everything at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's... It was great the way it was. It's just yeah. that now if I would choose again, probably I would do like a longer training and really give myself the, the time to digest all of these teachings and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm very honest, I was totally clueless when I started teaching. But I think, I think you keep that feeling for so long of being totally clueless. I mean, I still, and I know that we've had this conversation before that, I still, when I teach, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What totally. Am I, what? I, I mean... Have, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, relatively speaking, I do know what I'm doing, but, you know, I still, I still get that feeling from time to time of... Yeah. It's funny, right? Because you would think, well, after... it, Well, after so many years, I think you do get comfortable in certain aspects of teaching, but in others, it's still very... Yeah, very fresh and yeah. and I think I'm also personally I am like I suffer from like the biggest imposter syndrome ever. And I always had it, you know. Yeah. Also what I've been a manager in like this big restaurant and everything. I've always had this thing. So Yeah. That also makes it a little bit more challenging yeah. to because it's kind of like, oh, am I saying the right thing? But But yeah, all I can remember is just doing it and doing the best I could but still being kind of clueless yeah and and also worrying a little bit too much of what people around me were doing yeah which I don't think is necessarily a healthy thing I just I was really lucky I think in my teacher training and I remember going into my teacher training I had no desire to teach I had no intention of me neither of teaching yeah it was really something I was doing for myself and I remember the conversation I had with Patty Ivy from Down Dog Yoga in Washington DC before I joined the teacher training giving her a call and talking about how I was just ready to do something for myself and that were, were you practicing full-time at the studio no I actually wasn't practicing at the studio I, I was a I practiced Iyengar And then uh, we had just moved to D.C. and before that I was practicing Ashtanga and Vinyasa. But Patty had down dog already. But Patty already had down dog. And She it was had... always a Baptist studio. Yeah. Okay. Um, and something I remember looking into a couple things around Washington, D.C. And I can't remember what it was specifically, but I think I remember seeing the word transformation. And Baptist practice is all I was about gonna say, of course you saw that word, yeah. But that's what I really needed at the time, yeah, so great. I chatted to her about it, and then I went and practiced a couple times at the studio, and I thought, okay, let's, ah, okay. let's do this. So, so let me see if I understand. So you joined the studio because of the teacher training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and the teacher training was a year long, and... Uh, And then after the teacher training, I rolled right into teaching. So she asked me if I was interested in teaching. 
There's a cat sniffing on the microphone. I wonder if he'll hear that. So, and I wasn't quite sure because I also felt like an imposter, but I also felt like if there was some place to teach it was there, that mm. I would get a lot of support. I knew that the support was there for, for growing. But I think it, I really had a... <laughs> A unique experience in, yeah, and in kind of rolling from my teacher training into like continued education. You had like the most amazing, like, if I wish something for the future generations would be to have an experience like yours. Because yeah. then, then it makes sense to have like the basic knowledge of a teacher training and then you have all this ongoing support to develop later on and yeah. really hone those skills. Yeah. Uh, so then it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, most people out there is like, take the teacher training. Sometimes it's not even one year long. It's like one month in Bali, have that lovely holiday and then figure it out. Yeah. But hey, it is what it is. But yeah. uh, no, you had a great, great uh, experience like that. Because also while you were teaching, you were teaching pretty much full time. Yep. And then also you had these check-ins, right? You yeah. had like feedback sessions. And yeah, every, we had teacher meetings every week. So. Great. And then uh, very often we would have guest teachers come in. And, and that's where you met Peg also, Peg McQueen. Yeah, but Peg was actually there during my teacher training. Okay, so she was already teaching yeah. for quite a while. She was one of the teachers at yeah. Down Dog. Okay. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh my God. This is like a hundred years ago, people. <laughs> That's why. Um, so, yeah, it was a really unique experience. I mean, Patty did an amazing job of really providing us with so much, uh, so many resources as like growing teachers. So it was really awesome that she did that. Uh, and it is, is this where you met, uh, um, what's her name? Huntsman? Yeah, Elizabeth Huntsman. Elizabeth, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're listening, we still use your exercise. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so she funny. was also one of the teachers. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh. Um, yeah, Elizabeth was great. Is great. Uh, so... But I remember, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of feedback and a lot of, yeah, really pretty heavy feedback sometimes. And it was very intensive. It was just a very intensive period of growth. Um, it wasn't easy to be a teacher there. It was, there was a lot of, a lot expected of you. Mm. Uh, it was taken very seriously. So, yeah, but that was nice. Uh, that was something I needed, I think, at least in the beginning, in the first year or so. Uh, yeah, it was great. Great to have that support system. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so happily jealous yeah. of this uh, great uh, experience that you're sharing. Because if I have to think about mine, it's like totally different and totally messy. So I finished my teacher training. I went back to Argentina because I thought I wanted to move back there. I I remember like teaching my mom and my sister and probably traumatizing some other friends around and and just yeah being very excited about it yeah anyway to make a long story short so I kept kind of like practicing teaching just at home and sometimes even now I would like practice teaching by myself yeah <laughs> so silly uh, and then I came back to the Netherlands because I realized Argentina wasn't my home anymore I came back here I went straight back to my old job, so working really hard, managing uh, that big restaurant that I used to work at. Anyway, I did that for three years. And then one day the phone rings. Um, this old friend of mine calls me and he's like, I want to open a studio. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I never really practiced, I never really taught professionally before, before she called me. I mean, I have that kind of experience at home and stuff. But I was like, sure, let's do it. So then, yeah, I just started teaching. But it, it, I was kind of like self. Of course, I had this experience of the teacher training. And, and I have to say, I was very lucky because it was a pretty good teacher training. 
uh, now comparing to the offerings that you see nowadays. But yeah, no support, no feedback, no nothing. Just go do it and figure it out. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. Whatever reality you have, you make it work yeah. anyway. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. It does. It works out at some point. Yeah. But I, I think too, what's really important is you were practicing yoga this whole time. Yeah. And I don't know. I think um, as much as teaching and getting feedback on how to teach and you need to be in the process of teaching, right? And, uh, but that teaching comes from doing. Uh, the teaching comes from your own experience, ultimately. So your own work on yourself and exploration on the mat. And I think that that is a really important uh, aspect that needs to be addressed that um, no matter like where you are in your teaching journey that you have to practice. And I think that there are so many... I almost dare to say, yeah. I mean, we do offer teacher training and everyone out there should come and join us if you're interested <laughs> yeah. because it's amazing. <laughs> it is. But... We our own horns, but it's... It is. I mean, yeah. we do offer a very solid teacher training with a very rich teacher training absolutely Uh, but putting that aside I almost feel like saying that I think your own practice experience has more weight than the teacher training you take Yeah. yeah so let's say like doing a very expensive or fabulous teacher training is not gonna make you a great teacher you might provide some great tools, but what is going to make you, uh, what is going to give you more depth is your own practice. Yeah. And I personally feel that that has to be established before yeah. you jump on the teacher training. I mean, I'm sure yeah. that you can also take a teacher training and then you fall in love with the practice and then you kind of do it the other way around. Yeah. But the practice is really like the most important. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like the first years of teaching, it is important that you have your own established practice, like that you have been practicing for at least five years consistently before you start teaching. I think that's... uh, Yeah, that would be ideal scenario. Yeah. And I, of course, you know, take that with a pinch of salt because some people are like very much devoted from day one and in a way they kind of get it a little bit sooner and they get the whole practice thing so it could be a little bit less more but let's say as a general thing yeah five years is a good yeah because then you have the time to go through all the ups and downs all of the a lot of ups and downs of of the practice like we talked about last time we talked mm. about the whole honeymoon phase yeah that that when that goes like you have to experience that first yeah i was listening to a, a dharma talk from anam tubten he's a uh, a Tibetan monk, uh, and he was talking. I loved. He has such a like down to earth approach to uh, practice, you know, in the sense of meditation. But um, he was also saying uh, this idea of this is kind of a sidestep, but that we have this illusion that becoming enlightened is. Um, supposed to mean that it's just pure joy and bliss Mm. but he was like I don't see it that way he's like some of enlightenment is very uh, yeah um, like bitter (laughs) 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 like sometimes we see things in ourselves that maybe we don't like to see so much but we still have to see it Uh, and then I think you have to go have this experience also in your yoga practice. You have to have practiced long enough to see yourself and lots of aspects of yourself. Because I, I remember when I first started teaching, that was really confrontational and how we would get feedback as well of like, hey, look at this. This is what you're doing. And sometimes I think it was taken to the extreme of like, you are this. And mm. I didn't necessarily agree with 
some of the way that things were brought um, and that it seemed more opinion than what was actually going on, but um, that we do need to be confronted with ourselves and be willing to look at ourselves, especially if we are going to teach. like that, Because we're asking our students the same. Well, I would assume that we are asking our students the same. I think it's very much dependent on how you teach and what you're teaching. And where you're teaching and, yeah. Yeah, because perhaps you're maybe teaching yoga as, like, movement as opposed to yoga as a... Uh, yeah, as a fitness practice, you yeah, mean, as opposed the, as to... As opposed to yoga as the whole package of um, the eight limbs. Um But yeah, that we have to be willing to be on that path ourselves. So I think that it takes time to, not that you're comfortable on the path, but to take it takes time to realize like, okay, uh, this path is not just like paved and nice to walk on, but there's also, you know, uh, uneven, rocky terrain. No, there's definitely, <laughs> yeah, some hardship. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I think that that is important. Yeah, and this is when I have to say, I think all this uh, social media and kind of like these other avenues, I think sometimes people can fantasize a little bit about what it means to practice yoga. Or what it means to be a yoga teacher, I think. Or what it means to be a yogi. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> But I think it looks way too glamorous. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because Mercedes, <laughs> is being a yoga teacher glamorous? <laughs> oh, man, definitely not. Let me tell you something. Make sure that you have friends around you that can feed you from time to time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, of course, it's it's beautiful, and especially if you have the calling to teach, then mm -hmm. by all means do it. But I think sometimes we can get caught up on the shiny stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, so... Yeah. Your own practice, I think, is, I would say, like, 80% of it. Yeah. And then the other 20% is developing some really good skills. Yeah. Simple skills. Simple. But really good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember in my first few years, I was, like, driving myself crazy, going, like, oh, I need to come out with, like, these funky sequences and, yeah. and, and, and. And then, luckily, after a while, I'm like, just chill out, do simple, but do well. Yeah. And this is the same message that we we always share with our trainees. Yeah, there's the American uh, or the English, maybe they also have it in British English. Um, the I think it's an acronym, KISS, Keep It Simple, Stupid. Oh, really? No, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes kiss, sense. Like, keep it simple. Just I was just telling a a student that I had for a private lesson the other day uh, less is more I mean ultimately we it was the first time that we were coming together and working together and we basically just did sun salutation A and worked on breath and really spent the most of the time just working on breath and at the at the end uh, she made a comment of like oh well that, that was much more gentle than I had expected <laughs> and I was like yeah just keep it simple yeah Just uh, less is more. Often less is more. I think also I was really lucky when I was teaching because Baptiste yoga is very much based on this sequence called the journey into power sequence, uh, which is ultimately kind of taken from the Ashtanga sequence, except some things are moved around a little bit and changed a bit, but it's quite uh, Ashtanga based. Um, and... Uh, um, Basically, what was expected of us at the studio that I taught was you will teach this sequence and nothing else. Mm. Like you stick to the script, period. Do not deviate from the script. Do not add things. Is, stick. To is the this script. including the script word by word or the sequence? You there mean? Was, at one point, there was a word by word okay. sequence. So it was like minimal, minimal So everything talking. you said was already pre-written yeah, for you at, guys. At okay. some point, that was, a, that was a little bit later on when I had already been teaching for a while, but that was then a tool that was implemented to, um, to really help 
new teachers and also for teachers who have been teaching for a while like what happens if you just shut your mouth and just do simple yeah and it's really effective I mean it's so powerful it is it's also what we teach our students like less is more yeah but we tend to get caught up in trying to make it fancy or special or profound or profound exactly when the profound thing is the student's experience yeah you know the the yoga is doing the work yeah exactly and this is something that i always whenever the imposter syndrome would rise up on me <laughs> i would always calm myself down and be like mercedes you're not the star the star is yoga yeah because it's true i mean the yoga is already doing the work for us we yeah. are just there to kind of support facilitate maybe guide a little bit but actually we're not don't listen to this but we're not really needed (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know yoga is 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 already doing its work yoga is the teacher absolutely student is the teacher yeah ultimately the the student is the teacher true but i think of course you know, uh, having a teacher is extremely valuable. valuable yeah. But yeah, I think new teachers can get caught up in wanting to do things in a fancy way or special yeah. or profound, absolutely. And I think there is a, pl- a time and a place for that. But I think at some point, you also just need to be able to stand in front of people and be normal and just be yourself (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) not not to be like hello I inhale welcome to this yoga class (laughs) and now we're going to do yoga when did this start who started this fashion of the porno voice but right now we're going to do yoga (gasps) okay let me call my yoga personality (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's please, a lot. No. People, don't do that. I mean I mean at the end of the day <laughs> don't do that. I mean, okay, maybe the people that come into your class for the first time, probably that time slot was working for them. But if you see them again, probably they're also coming for you. So then just be yourself. Yeah. That's also a nice thing. Yeah. Just be you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I think is very difficult because in the beginning you're also like, but who is me? Who am who am I while I'm standing here teaching? I think who it's is me who the is teacher? the teaching me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who am I as a teacher? Yeah. When it's like you are just you, you happen to be teaching. Mm. And I think in the beginning, especially those first years, yeah, that is so you're in this weird kind of soup of what am I doing? What am I saying? What am I supposed to be? Let alone, uh, you know, how am I supposed to, (laughs) what is happening in front of me? Mm. Like in the beginning, you can't even see what's in front of you. You mean like the people? The people. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I mean, you see the bodies moving, but you're not really seeing them. It's funny how that happens. I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, you can't really see... The people in front of you. Yeah. And also on that note, yeah, it's hard because you want to be yourself. But of course, in the beginning, you kind of imitate uh, like the teachers you learn from or the teachers that you get inspired from. So you kind of have to, yeah, create that balance between being yourself, but also imitate the good things. Yeah. And I think you do that for a very long time. And imitation, they say, is the best form of flattery, you know, so if you... True. I've, I've also had students that have come to my class, and I know students come to your class too, and they say, uh, I just wanted to take come to your class. They are teachers themselves, so I could listen to your cueing, so I could get some more, like, cueing. Of course, and, like, and, that's, and that's great, yeah. <laughs> come and steal my cues, that's all good. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, that's really, every that's every really good idea sweet. is stolen, like, oh, yeah. That's so nice. Yes. You know, that cool if I can help you with that. Like, yeah, I think also in that sense that if you are teaching, uh, that it is good to have sources of inspiration too, so that you uh, 
make sure that you're going to other people's classes or uh, that you're listening to what your teacher says and what it is that inspires you, like, so that you can repeat it. I mean, you will repeat things that other people say, and at some point you realize, like, <laughs> what? That did not sound right coming out of my mouth. True, but, because sometimes you're like, oh, this landed beautifully from this person, and then you say it, and... Yeah, and you're like, nope, It feels very foreign, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think in the beginning, it, it yeah, it's really important to have those sources of inspiration and those sources of, uh, yeah, uh, like um, little tidbits that you can try out and different ways to say things. And Elizabeth Huntsman used to always say, you need to read a lot of books, like constantly be reading and doing like crossword puzzles so that you can, and writing down, writing stuff in your journal so that you can come up with different ways of saying things and, and, and different ways of expressing yourself. I think ultimately the message is different ways of expressing yourself because yeah, also that is great advice. it's okay to repeat yourself over and over because students will not hear 80% of what you say also <laughs> so, so if you continually say it's not that you have to constantly say let's say we take you through a sun salutation it's not that I have to say with every sun salutation a completely different vocabulary than the first sun salutation no it could just be the same students won't hear the half of it anyways <laughs> absolutely So I think in that sense, like a nice good tip when you're first starting out is repeat. Use the same phrases over and over and over again. Also, like in the same class, you can say the same words. It's not that you have to constantly be trying to find new ways of saying things, but also have that as an avail available to you of like, okay, I've said fold forward seven times let me see on this eighth time if I throw in something different what does effect does it have and of course in the beginning you're not going to see the effect that it has but no but you can start to play with these things but I think you can only play with these things when you keep it simple yeah that's why it's like maybe stick to a sequence for a while yeah um Yeah, I think that's have really kind of like not a script, but already have an idea of what you're gonna say. If you teach in another language that is not your own, figure out the words that come out easily. Yeah, like there are certain things that I know in the middle of class I cannot say because my tongue gets stuck. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> feet hip width. Yeah, don't ask me why I can never say it. So I'm like, okay, hip distance apart. Yeah, so now. I'm Czech. I know that's what I can say. So, you know, play with these things. Yeah. And, you know, just to learn how to use the power of your voice is... That already is a skill that you can develop for so long. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools we have as teachers. Our Especially voice, yeah. now mm -hmm. that probably we won't be able to give adjustments for a while. Yeah. You know, the voice and, of course, your presence. Yeah. It's what is really uh, sustaining the room. It's what is really sustaining everyone. Of course, Mercedes and I should add that when we teach, we don't uh, demonstrate. We don't practice. So it's all... We're too lazy. It's all physical. <laughs> I'm like, man, I already did my stuff this morning, my guys. Practice. Yeah, no way. I'll do it again. Um but that we get physical adjustments and verbal adjustments so uh, yeah. we don't demonstrate because we want to be able to see what's in front of us I think this is also very important you're, you're not practicing for people to imitate what you look like in a posture you want people to find it in their own body and students will get frustrated with that and you might get frustrated with it but that's all part of the process Frustration is not a bad thing. There's much growth in frustration. I think also that being said is as a new teacher, as an experienced teacher, you are going to fuck up all the time. Oh. And you know what? Like That's probably okay. every day. That's fine. <laughs> you can also, you know, if you mess up, just be like, oops, I made a mistake. Let's fix that. Or you're going to say weird stuff. 
And you know what? Most of the times you think that you made the biggest mistake ever. And I can assure you half of the class didn't even notice. Yeah. And, you know. Give yourself a break. Yeah, exactly. Just have a laugh. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. Making mistakes are part of the process. Oh my God. Yeah. In the beginning, I, I would give myself such a hard time. I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this. And yeah. Or, or do that, or, yeah. It's like you have to be lighthearted about it. Yeah. Definitely. But you just tapped into something really important, which is for new teachers, realize that teaching yoga is not your practice. Yeah. No. Your practice is separate from teaching yoga. Yes. I think this kind of gets really fuzzy at one point. Yeah. Like, for example, so funny, people always tell me, like, oh, you teach yoga? You must be so fit. I'm like, no, man. I, 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 do, my, I do my hour in the morning, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, like, moving all day long. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I don't think there's real value to that if you're just moving on your mat while you're teaching. No, you can't have an actual practice that way. I don't believe I, that you can... I, what I'm trying to say that I think you're not having a valuable teaching experience and yeah. you're not having a valuable practicing experience. Exactly. And it's like you're doing nothing full on. Exactly. It's multitasking. Doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So I think this is very important as new teachers, especially now that if yeah. you do want to teach full time, you need to hustle. You need to go from one place to the other. You're going like crazy. I mean, it's a really hard uh, lifestyle. Yeah. But hey, if you choose it and if it makes you happy, go for it. Yeah. But then be very, yeah, be very sure that that is not going to interfere in your own practice. Exactly. Like you have to work really hard at keeping your practice separate from that. Yeah. And to keep it up, I think that, that for a lot of teachers, they just lose their own practice at some point, and then uh, they allow the teaching part of it to become some kind of automated, um, yeah, like choreographed something that, that they also don't really have to pay too much attention to to just lead a class. And that's also not, I think that's also um, not benefiting yourself and not benefiting your students that it's incredibly important that you are practicing that is where it's all coming from anyways because exactly if you don't practice what are you teaching yeah like this external thing yeah i think this is another good point to uh to share teach what you know teach what you know exactly and I'm not saying that you need to do whatever you're teaching perfectly, but if you've been working on it and, and you know what you're talking about, by all means, share it. But yeah. don't teach things that you're not sure about or that you've never done. Yeah. Just really stick to what you know. Yeah, that's so important. Teach what you know. Um. And on that note, I think it's also okay to not know everything. <laughs> I think as new teachers, yeah. uh, like at least if I look back at my younger self, I was like, please don't ask me anything. Please don't ask oh, me yeah. anything. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, just chill out. If somebody asks you, say, you know what? I don't really know. I'm going to get back to you on that. Yeah. Or, or uh, let me ask a senior teacher or maybe refer them to somebody else. Yeah. It's okay not to know. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. It is really okay. Because you don't know everything. You can't know everything. Even now, it's like, do you know? I'm like, I have no idea. Let me know when you find out. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. But you don't know everything. It's okay not to know everything. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Uh, It's all part of the process. Yeah, really important. So... um, And also, I think what's really important is uh, what Jan Kabat-Zinn says. He says, um, wherever you go, there you are. I think that's the title of one of his books, too. It was a great book, by the way. But um, 
It is so true. You cannot be somewhere where you are not. <laughs> so be where you are and yeah. be there fully. I think also in the beginning of teaching, it's really difficult. That, that aspect of being present in the room is really difficult because we're often lost in our head. So Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, and the that's biggest why challenge. it's so important to what what we were talking about earlier, just to keep it simple, so that you can be grounded, so that you can maintain your standing. It's I mean, so funny because it's so so simple, but yeah, just standing still in front of a moving group. Yeah. It's already so challenging. I mean, how often you see new teachers pacing all around the yeah. room. And not even new teachers. Sometimes I'm like, stop pacing, Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a very common thing. So, yeah, working on those simple things. Yeah, just keeping your attention there for one hour, seventy five minutes, whatever yeah. it is. It's 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 a big task. Yeah, and then to learn how to start to learn to recognize when you're not present in the in the room, and that take that again. That takes years of just practicing teaching practicing being in the room and then understanding ah okay i've yeah. left let me come back it's like meditating sitting and yeah realizing like oh i've lost my focus come back same same yeah yeah i think i think it's important to tell yourself or at least to remind yourself that this definitely takes takes years yeah And you kind of have to be okay with that. Yeah. Because I think, too, like we were talking about that it's great to imitate. and um, Because in the beginning, you're not quite sure what your voice is, I think. Yeah. And being able to hear yourself and place yourself in the room of who am I and to let go of all of the expectation of that you might have of who you are as a yoga teacher or whatever. Um, that I think it's really important to say, give yourself time, right? Be There's no rush in being somewhere else, that just be where you are and to give yourself time to develop and time to develop your voice and understand what your voice is so that you can start to see what belongs to you and what doesn't, what, uh, what your truth is and what's... Uh, is somebody else's what you have to share and offer mm. and what you can just leave that you don't need looking back now how many years would you say that took for you I think uh, I started to feel um, after my third year of teaching I started to feel like I was in the wrong place mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I was very fortunate in where I was, but I think in like the second, third year of teaching, you know, Baptiste yoga never spoke to me in the sense of I was called to do that style of yoga. Yeah. I don't really resonate with necessarily with the way it's taught and, um, in certain aspects of, uh, kind of the... Uh, preaching on the mat is what I'll call it is sometimes is what it seems like to me uh, that doesn't speak to me I felt like I was really mi missing something that that was not the practice that I was supposed to mm. be teaching so it was looking back it was more like a stepping stone than definitely it was a massive stepping stone and, and an incredible community to be part of that was uh, a great place to be and grow but At some point, I think in my second and third year of teaching, I really didn't feel like I was in the right place and that I couldn't uh, express myself or find myself as a teacher being there at that studio, uh, that I needed to step away from it. And then, you know, in my fourth year of teaching, I did. But, yeah, I think it took... Uh, Two to three years. Yeah, I would even say probably like four or five. Yeah. Kind of to be more 
Yeah, I don't know if you, you reach a point you're like, oh, I'm this kind of teacher, but you start to kind of lose the things yeah. that you you thought you wanted to imitate or be like. You're like, oh no, this is this yeah. is more me. Yeah, but I think also it was a process of shedding, let's say, that started yeah. after like two to three years of teaching, yeah. and that evolved for years until. I think until probably we met. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I don't know, I'd been teaching for like seven years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, and still, I feel, I still, I still am evolving. Yeah. Of I, I course. Still am, I think realizing that's what fits and doesn't fit or that and, and that I realized too that there's it's such an evolution and a cycle in that as you teach that you come back to certain things you move away from other things yeah you shift your perspective shifts and perhaps that you can also appreciate things in a different light that you couldn't before I mean um <clears throat> and also on that note your practice is continuously shifting yeah. so then also the way that you're teaching that ripples out into the way you're teaching I mean yeah definitely um so of course it's, it's always in yeah it's always developing yeah it's it's never standing still let's say it's not like you finish the teacher training and you're like okay now you're a teacher yeah no it's it's something that is always growing with you yeah and you know probably if if someone would uh take you back to the first class you taught and now probably there's like oh my god a big big difference on the style of cues you used yeah. to say and and all that other stuff so I, yeah it's yeah. like this ongoing process yeah and i have to say too i think my i do love teaching lead practice but I feel like I am the best teacher as a Mysore teacher. That when I started teaching Mysore uh, and I opened the little shala um, before we opened the studio together, that then I started to really feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is your calling, yeah. Yeah, teaching Mysore is beautiful because there's all this nonverbal communication. Yeah. It's really an... More like an energetical experience. Yeah. Um, but of course, that is a little bit uh, different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I think too, then that that informs me in how I teach lead practice to uh, yeah. Whether it's lead ashtanga or whether it's a vinyasa class, that yeah, very much my. Uh, that understanding of how it is to work one-on-one -on -one and then how that translates into a class. But these are things, of course, that you don't do as a beginning teacher. This, I was just about to say that. This is really yeah. like the post-five-year situation, at least. Yeah, like post-ten-year. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's something really... This is definitely a more senior Yeah. Uh, situation because also it's like how can you hold the room while directing one person yeah. only this is really a skill that comes way after yeah but it's a skill that you develop of in the course. beginning if you kind of stick to the just keep it simple and do what you know teach what you know um, might be aware of being present in the room when you leave the room um being able to hear yourself. I think too, what's really important in the, in the beginning as a teacher is to ask for feedback. Like to ask, uh, and not necessarily your students, I, I don't think it's wise to ask your students for feedback and ask them how you, like how am I teaching? Um, but to ask perhaps uh, a friend who is a, also a teacher Or to ask a teacher that you respect if you don't have a teacher or somebody who trained you to become a teacher that, um, that you can perhaps ask somebody with more experience and somebody that you respect as a teacher to come and take your class so that they can give you feedback. I think as a new teacher that's so important to have that 
And I think so many people don't have that. That and is it, very valuable. And it is something that we provide, right, to our to our uh, students. students. In, yeah. That uh, that yeah, they, we are available to to help you out, to help you in that, like, oh, you just need somebody to listen to something, or if you're working on something, that just somebody to ask and bounce your ideas off of, or like, hey, did this work? Did this not work? I think that's really important. But it should be somebody that, you know, that you respect, you know, something to get feedback, unwanted feedback from somebody that you don't necessarily want it from, which I have received feedback from teachers who have taken my class. That It's like, yeah, but I didn't ask for your feedback, nor do I want it. I mean, not that that's not valuable feedback that they have to give you, but we're definitely more receptive. If and I think not everyone is very good at giving feedback also. This is also true. Some people just like to give their opinion, and it's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Would you like me to also give my opinion of your class? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I think another good point for new teachers, again, is like there's this desperation to try to learn everything. Just give yourself time and chew on the things you learn for a long time. Yeah. Another, well, it's not a mistake, but maybe not ideal situation is that new teachers finish one course and they take another one and they take another one and they take another yeah. one and then they're force feeding themselves all this information when I don't know how much they're retaining yeah because you need to chew on that for quite a long time yeah. and then sure go and experience okay I'm gonna take this course or this other workshop but if you're just jumping from workshop to workshop training to training I'm not sure how much you are able to apply that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good to just let yourself settle and absorb what is there. To give yourself time to experience what has been taught. I mean, not just within the training itself, but afterwards. To, okay, all this stuff, how can I, how does it apply to me? How do I apply it in this moment? Yeah, that takes that takes time. Of course, you know, people, there are tortoises and there are hares but I think uh, there's no rush to anything you know there's no there's no rush to be somewhere where you're not you're right here <laughs> yeah I think that's important advice going back to the feedback now I'm going back if you're not able to get feedback from perhaps teachers with more experience and whatnot record or film yourself oh, oh yeah. boy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i still do that from time yeah. to time just to check in yeah. and and it's so valuable yeah and then practice your own class see yeah. how that goes <laughs> exactly no that's such you a might be surprised one way or the other yeah 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 so that's a really valuable uh, tool that's another good little trick yeah. yeah another thing that i used to be uh drive myself crazy was uh, with was that I, I I was thinking okay I need to be able to do all these fancy postures oh yeah in order to teach well yeah they're totally unrelated so please yes. don't be like me don't give yourself a hard time yeah it's your your practice on the mats with your practice teaching they're very much related in an experiential way but not in a way of I need to do this level of posture or yeah. have this level of alignment in order to teach. Because it's not about the posture. It has nothing to do with that. No. No. It's like, how often have I heard, well, but I'm not, people say this also just to begin a yoga practice, like I'm not flexible, I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm like, well, but you don't need to be any of those things. So that, that also applies to being a teacher, like, oh, I'm not flexible enough to be a yoga teacher or I'm not skinny enough or I'm not uh, a white female or I'm not uh, whatever. There's so many things that we can see all these Instagram pictures of, oh, I don't have the newest, fanciest yoga outfit that looks like I'm wearing fish skin. I don't know. <laughs> like None of it matters. None of it matters. Just be 
yourself. You are allowed to be yourself, and sharing that is the power of practice. Yeah, and um, I mean, it sounds so simple, but that's yeah. that's really also what keeps people coming in. You yeah. know, you can you can smell something that is not. Um, you can smell a rat. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want to say not original. Uh, oh. You can smell something that smells like shit. <laughs> no, not a fraud. Oh, what is the yeah, word? Yeah, you I'm can smell for? a fraud. Yeah. Something that is not genuine. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Do you have some other tips that we haven't shared that you'd like to share? Should we maybe talk about? Remember when you said, oh, it's fine if this is... It like will be like half an hour. Minutes. Should we talk about how to get opportunities to teach? Maybe that's... I don't know. How do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, so... Well... I think, like, if you well practice with us, we do the community class, but that's not always possible. No, but what I'm trying to say is, like, if you want to develop as a teacher, you need to teach. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe give free classes yeah. and this kind of stuff. Teach to your friends, teach to your mom and dad. Yeah. Teach, uh, teach whoever you can. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be form- a formal something. No, and also, well, let's see how many yoga studios survive after this. <laughs> Plus, it seems like if you want to teach, there's a studio around the corner. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. No, but bear that in mind. If you want to develop your skill, then you need to... Teach. You need to teach. Consistently. Just like if you're going to practice, you need to practice consistently. There you go. Yeah. Developing any skill requires practice, so that is important. All right. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, really. I think we covered. Uh, I think we covered everything. I think the most important things to take away and to remember are: keep it simple. Uh, give yourself a structure to follow. Um, you don't need to know everything. Give yourself permission to make mistakes and to be okay with that. Keep up your practice. Keep up your practice, so important. Um, Ask for feedback from time to time. Yeah. Uh, have something that you're working on. I think that really helps too as a new yeah, teacher. Yeah, like for a while. Yeah, if there's something that you're, I don't know. And also in that aspect, keep it simple. Like, okay, I'm working on really using essential uh, language, uh, speaking as little, using less words, then, yeah, give yourself a simple um, task. Yeah, I think as new teachers, uh, sometimes the silence in the room can be a very scary thing. Yeah. So don't be afraid of it. Silence is very powerful. Yeah. Sometimes just pausing in between and saying nothing. Yeah. Can so, say so much can more. Can say so much more <laughs> than being... Yeah. Yeah. Just fill the space, yeah. 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 Cool. Well, let us know how you get on with your teaching. If you have any questions, any comments, let us know. And if you're interested in our teacher training, please go to our website, thebreathingspace.nl. You can click on education. There we have our teacher training listed. You can see all the topics and the structure of the training. And we are planning to have a question and answer session, I think in July or... Yeah, we have I think in July. That will also be on the website. And we kick off with our first weekend. This is the last weekend in August. Yeah. So if you're interested, reach out, whether you live in Amsterdam or not, just reach out because we're still deciding how we're going to structure it depending on whether we can physically be, be together, together or, or not. not. So anyway, we love to hear from you either way. Yes. 
All right, everyone. Be safe. Be healthy. Thanks for peeling this onion with us. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Bye.